Welcome to the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour. To the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour. That was the Foundations, and the name of that song is "Build Me Up Buttercup." And uh, you know, it's it's uh, Blue Monday. Uh, you know, we might have Blue Monday around here somewhere too for for the Vol Nation and uh, the um, I don't, what do you call Saturday? What I mean, Tony Basilio's uh, terming it as Black Saturday. Black Saturday. Black Saturday. I mean, and then that's that's a pretty good term for it. Uh, there's Black Friday uh, that's coming this Friday is Black Friday, and yes. Black Saturday just so happened it just happened before Black Friday. Um, the Vols went to South Carolina, and um, you know just took. I don't know other. I just took an ass whooping. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, what, I, I don't know. What, what, what if you're a Vol fan? What do you call it? You can't blame the officials for that. No, there's there. No, absolutely not. The first five possessions that Spencer Rattler, quarterback for South Carolina, and his team had the ball turned into five touchdowns. Um, broke a record, NCAA record that night. I mean. I, I, I'm not sure. Now there's some now there's some theories out there that the vol that the vol team the vol the vol's team was uh, had some turmoil the week before with a couple of players and there was some some division within the within the ranks and some dissension and uh, we might get into that a little bit talk about that but you know basically the vols. Um, uh, had it laid out there in front of them to stay in this college football playoff uh, contention to make the top four, and uh, they choked. <laughs> I, I, I mean, they 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 just choked. <laughs> what, do you, what do you call it? I don't know what you call it. I, I mean, if it was Alabama, you know, I, and, and, and I'm an Alabama fan. Coach is, and and Clayton is, and I know it seems like we're we're having a big time at the, at, at the cost of the Vols, but... It's shocking. But, I mean, you know, I don't think there's a Vol fan in the world that I could bring into the studio and sit down across from me and say, do you all do you all not deserve a little bit of ribbing over this over this loss Saturday night? Do you not feel as though you underperformed? Do you not feel as though you stumbled and, and basically choked? Drake, that wasn't even the same team out there. That... that, that- that that wasn't the same team we've seen over the last ten weeks. No, all they had to do was eight quarters. Eight quarters. They in the playoffs. They're in the playoffs. I said it on here. They have a better resume than Ohio State or Michigan or Clemson. One of those two was going to lose. It is going to lose this weekend. 
I think they were in, and I and, they, I, and I get the I get the TCU pulled off pulled off, and it was an incredible game. I watched the end of that game; it was truly something to watch. Uh, and I know they 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 pulled off that last second field goal to win by a point over Baylor at Baylor, which is a terrific win for TCU and, and to stay undefeated. And I know the Vols were pulling for Baylor, and they thought you know, and I thought I, I really thought TCU was beat, but I'm going to tell you. Uh, on T, say something for the TCU Horn Frogs. They're playing some pretty pretty inspired destin destiny type uh football right now. Uh, and I don't care who they play. Um, I, they'd be in it, every game. I don't care if it's the Georgia Bulldogs, the Tennessee Vols, or whoever. Uh, they they would be in that game. However. Uh, and I, I know they they thought, well, you know, TCU pulled that out, Dad Gummond. You know, that would have if, if they got beat, we'd have, we'd have jumped over them before they went out on the field too. And you can't tell me they weren't watching that ball game. You can't yeah, tell me yeah, yeah. they didn't know the outcome of the TCU game. But still, like you said, Ohio State and Michigan are going to play each other still. Yeah, one of them's going to lose. One of them's going to lose, and that's going to that's going to move the Vols in. Well, what it is though, they had so much focus on Saturday's other game beside their own game, and they got their tails handed to them Saturday night. It goes back to Jeremy Banks, one of the leaders on defense, did not make the trip to Columbia, South Carolina. No, wait, t- give us give us the history on Banks. Give give people the history on Banks if they if they're listening, don't know. Jeremy Banks is from Cordova High School out of Memphis. He uh, signed during the Pruitt era. Jeremy Pruitt actually dismissed him from the program uh, during the 2019 season. He was arrested, and during his arrest, he was recorded making remarks. Uh, saying, uh, telling a female trainee that she shouldn't police be, officer. She shouldn't be a cop because where he's from, they shoot at cops. Uh, he said, "I'm from Memphis, Tennessee." Heifel gets hired and he brings him back. And uh, apparently, this is just this again. This is what they're saying. This is what Vol fans are saying on on message boards from people inside the program. He wanted more nil money. Banks wanted to get paid more money. More money. Okay. And, and, and and I could see somebody. And we're talking close, this year. We're this talking, year. They were talking this year. He wants more money. So how does that work, late NIL money? The University of Tennessee controls it? The Spire, Spire Group out of Knoxville. That's fixing That's associated with the university. They're the ones that do the NIL deals. According to what I read and for what it's worth, it says they got uh, – Banks wanted more NIL money. Either he didn't get it or the answer was pending. pending. He stomped on the T in the locker room. And, and, and wait a minute. So explain explain to folks who don't know what the T in the locker room is. Explain explain to them what the T in the locker room is. It's the power orange T that's in the carpet. The big logo the big in logo. the middle of the carpet in in the locker room. And apparently they have a rule that you don't step on the T. If you get caught stepping on the T, you got to do push-ups. Okay. Well, apparently he stomped on the T in the locker room. He stomped on it. He not only stepped on it, but he stomped on it. And Hinton Hooker, the quarterback for the Vols, stepped in. An altercation broke out. Joe Milton between act- Banks and Hendon Hooker, and that's when Joe Milton, who is the, Hendon Hooker's roommate, the and backup, backup quarterback, backup quarterback now the starting quarterback, had to step in, and they said he restrained Banks up against a wall in the locker room. This all happened before their flight to go to South Carolina. Ooh, Ooh. he didn't make the trip. Uh, Banks Heifel, did not. He Banks did, he didn't make the trip. Heifel was asked about it. He had no comment. So it was bad enough. It was bad enough. Incident. Scrum yeah. or altercation, 
And Banks showed out enough to where he they just said, you're not going to South Carolina. Allegedly, he threw punches at Hooker. And that's okay. when Milton stepped in. Okay. And so they all go to South Carolina with all this – all this brew, all this, all this brewing, and they go to South Carolina and get hammered. They did not look. Tony Basilio does a post game show after every ball game. Who has a who? And, and for those of you who don't know, Tony Basilio is a is a Paul Feinbaum type of radio host in 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 Knoxville, and he does a does a huge Collins show in in Knoxville. Yes, and he precedes our show. During the week, but this was Saturday after the game, and Matt Matt Dixon, or I don't know if it was Matt, it was another one of his panelists that was at the game in South Carolina before all this broke out, made the comment. He goes, Tony, this reminds me of the 1991 Fiesta Bowl. Tennessee was playing, I forgot who it was. They go in at halftime, and something happened with the team. And he said he could just see it all over the body language of this team. And then shortly thereafter, the reports of what happened prior to their departure to Columbia, South Carolina, comes out, and it kind of all makes sense. The body language wasn't there. The effort really wasn't there. They just weren't in the game mentally. And, uh, I mean, my gosh. And Heupel wouldn't talk anything about it. No. I mean, now, now, he did have a press conference today. Not sure what all he said in the press conference or what he addressed. But it's a disaster. And you I mean, know, you're eight quarters away. <laughs> and, and think about it. We're talking about the Heupel press conference. Now, a couple of weeks ago, uh, before the Georgia game, um, a few weeks back, they had Heupel's press conference on the radio on 104.5. Hold on. Coach Heupel's about to come on, y'all. y'all hold on. We're, <laughs> we're going to break into this. Guess what? No press conference? They didn't have any press conference on, on the zone today. As I was as I was driving over here to the studio, I'm thinking, well, well if you're head coach, Josh Heupel, what do you say in the press conference today? Let's get ready for Vandy. That's going to be that has to be the most daunting task of his career it is. is to try to get this team back up to go to to Dudley Field on Saturday, okay. where they are planning to checkerboard the stadium. Seeing a lot of Tennessee Vanderbilt tickets online. Well, let's sale. so let's let let's put our our three heads. Let's try to crawl inside the head of one of the biggest orange uh, support a big orange supporter Vol fan that we know, just a random person. And try to come there and go back through the season, and you you start out and you just you look like you just you can't be beat. No, I mean not, it looks not, like that's not true. You, I mean you could have got beat in Pittsburgh. We could have got beat in Pittsburgh. You pull that game out in overtime after the week off when they go to LSU, they take off. Right. Okay. So okay. So then and and, and but you're not really you're not beat. You're undefeated all the way up until the Georgia game. And you're you're thinking, you know, man, we're just looking great, and everybody's, you know, we're the line's been dropping, the the, the betting lines have been dropping from twelve to eight, and we're just we're, we're gonna we're, we're gonna do great things in Athens, Georgia, and then the game is played, and you lose twenty seven thirteen, and you're you're a little you're pretty much deflated. I mean, you know, you're you're, you're deflated, and then you move on, but but you still have a pretty good shot at making the college football playoffs according to where you're ranked, which you end up number five right behind the fourth-place team, TCU, which almost got beat Saturday. Right. And then, you know, if you just hold serve and go down to South Carolina and come out with a victory, 
You don't have to be. You don't have to run it up. You don't. You don't have to. You don't running. You don't have to run up the score on South Carolina like like you did in Missouri that's on what, Missouri. That's what Mr. Jim York brought up this morning on uh, Three Dudes. He said, "You know how bad does that look now? Karma is a you know what. That's what he said. <laughs> I'm just saying. That, I mean, really, that's exactly what. And he said. God, God don't like ugly. Okay. And so for all the tweet, all the all the all the Twitter accounts." And everything that were blasting South Carolina and TCU and how great the Vols were before the South Carolina game. Yeah, Eric Ainge made the tweet, and I sent it to you, saying he didn't even have any interest in this game because they were going to run all over the field against. Them. I mean, you know, and and you know, there there's something to say, be said, Vol Nation, winning with class, losing with class, and you know, I don't know, maybe, uh, maybe you need to work a little harder at that. Maybe, you know, I'm just saying, I, I don't know. And if you saw Heifel, he he had to get escorted off the field because of the rush of the fans. So maybe he now understands what that's like. So right, so the fans that came on the field in South Carolina, like Tennessee, had there, been there was no post game handshake. Apparently, there's very bad blood between Josh Heifel and Shane Beamer. When Tennessee, when South Carolina scored that final touchdown to go up sixty three to thirty eight or whatever it was, yep. Beamer is staring across the field and staring a hole through Josh Heifel because of the same thing that happened last year when they played. He ran the score up on him. There you go. So, you know, payback and karma is a you-know-what is all I can tell you. And, you know, Vol fans, just look in the mirror. You know, try to do things. I'm not saying you're doing everything the wrong way. I'm just saying there are ways to handle winning and losing and being being dominant over a team and – you know, there there are there are ways to go about certain situations that your life and your team and your sports puts you in and handle it with class and integrity and some discipline. You I, know what I mean? I tell you who I hate it for though but the most though is Hendon Hooker. Because number one, if if the reports are true, he tried showing some good leadership by protecting you know, what he thought is something that's important to the program. Okay, the power T in the and, locker room. And, and, he, and, and then know, for him to go out there and tear his ACL. And some team leadership. It, team leadership. Okay. And then for him to go out there and tear his ACL on a non and, and we've seen that with several Alabama receivers, a non-contact ACL injury. Uh, you hate it for that young man because he's had a great year and oh. he, de- he deserves a lot of respect because he has hung it out through tough times up there. Well, at that point, though, Clayton, the game was out of it, hand. Was, it, oh, was, it was, was over. over. It was over. He, yeah. should, he, he should not have been taking snaps at that point there. Bring him out and get his uh, other quarterback in there. Well, the Vols lost 63-38 for anybody who did not see that game. Um, and we are going into, with the music coming up, we're going into our first break. This is the Frontport Sports Radio Hour on WKOM 101.7 FM in Columbia. Give us two minutes. We're not through with the ball talk just yet. I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my granddad, Bobby Parks, and my great-granddad, Julian Mays, in 1958. We've been family-owned the whole time, and being family-owned, locally-owned, means you get to get your next vehicle or your existing vehicle serviced by the same people who stand in the grocery line with you, drop their kids off at the same school you do, and smile and are happy to see you when they do. So come see us at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, on 919 Nashville Highway or ParksMotorSales.com. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. 
American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Hello, this is Rick Tillis with Tillis Jewelry in Columbia and Lewisburg, Tennessee. What are you looking for in a jeweler? Knowledgeable staff? Experienced goldsmiths? Or true custom designers? Experienced working with clients creating that perfect gift for a special loved one? Well, you have found them. Tillis Jewelry. Wear this and so much more. Check us out at TillisJewelry.com or on Facebook and Instagram to see our latest creations. Tillis Jewelry, Columbia and Lewisburg, Tennessee. This is Elk Kennedy. The old saying is, happy wife, happy life couldn't be more true. Many years ago, my wife, Mary Susan, had major surgery on her back, but continued with chronic pain. Doctors were saying invalid, disabled. But then she found the Dr. Gill Center for Back, Neck, and Chronic Pain in Franklin, Tennessee. It has changed our lives. We visited there recently with Dr. Wendy Tui, saw the -the state-of-the-art facilities. Folks, don't take a pill. Call Dr. Gill. Go to callmepainfree.com. Hi, my name is Cody Goins. I'm a partner here at Roof Systems, Inc., formerly known as Davis Brothers Roofing. We still have the same great service and same great people. Roof Systems, Inc., we do commercial and residential roofing. No project is too large or too small. Education is key here for us at Davis Brothers Roofing. We want to make sure that every customer knows exactly what's going to happen from the time we start until the time we finish. When a homeowner replaces their roof, it's the largest expenditure that they'll ever have. That's why we hope you choose us at Roof Systems, Incorporated. Check us out at www.roofsystems-inc.com. This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA and the Tennessee Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association. Looking in And I want to be And I want to be Back on the inside Welcome back You are listening to 
the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour. I am Drake, joined with, joined by Coach James Dickinson and Clayton McClaw Harris. Beautiful Monday afternoon, and we wanted we wanted to turn back the page a little bit and play some old golden oldies for you uh, here on WKOM one hundred one point seven. Little Anthony and the Imperials. Little Anthony and the Imperials. And the name of the song was what? I'm on the outside looking in. Okay. Okay. And uh, folks can take that for what it is. <laughs> um, but anyway, if you all have any comments for us, you can text us at 931-626-3131. Keep them radio friendly, please. Yes, and I'll, I'll, I'll repeat that. That is uh, 931-626-3131. You can send any comments, uh, forward any comments, text any comments you'd like concerning our broadcast. Um, and before we went to break, we were talking about the Vols' 63-38 shocking loss to the South Carolina Gamecocks. I bet they got tired, but, you know, maybe even the home crowd, got if they ever get tired of hearing that damn rooster crow, they might not ever – you know, do, do Vol fans ever get tired of hearing Rocky Top? No. Okay. I honestly, well, then thought, I honestly thought they were going to run out of fireworks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, there you go. Yeah. So it's always good to have uh, to have more than you need. Uh, you know what I mean? I guess. And it was electric crowd there. I mean, on TV, you could see these folks having the time of their life over there. They had they had a ball. So time. you know, I mean, Alabama's got the mm-hmm. elephant that, that that blows his trumpet. You know, and and and. The South Carolina's got their rooster, and Tennessee has Rocky Top that they crank up on every good play and every every chance they get. Um, but I guarantee you, some people got tired of hearing that damn rooster were dressed in orange down there in Columbia, South Carolina, this past Saturday. Well, you know, there was a couple of things from that game that to be taken away that we hadn't mentioned. That is the first time, at least in a hundred years, that an unranked team has scored over scored that many points on a top five team. Also, there was a streak going into that game that I wasn't really aware of. South Carolina is undefeated in night games at South Carolina. Really? That's what I was told. Yes, but you know, I, I don't know, man, because I remember, I remember. You know, back in the nineties and early two thousand, Tennessee going down to South Carolina, and this, that, that's this season. Oh, oh, this for this season. Oh, this yeah. season. Okay, yeah. okay, this okay. Year. I was about to say Tennessee. No, no, not Tennessee a, no. kind of ran roughshod over those boys. Oh, yeah, many times. Uh, it, it, right, as South Carolina was added to the SEC. Right, and, and you know this. This is the same South Carolina team that the week prior went down to Gainesville. It just got beaten like a drum. Okay, let me let me give a little let me give a little stats on on what happened in the Florida thirty eight to six loss to Florida the weekend prior last weekend. Um, like we said, they lost thirty eight. Uh, South Carolina lost thirty eight to six. South Carolina had two hundred and sixty seven total yards of offense, and about sixty seven of that was a fake punt. Okay, so. Even, and that's included in the offensive stats because it's like a, it's like an offensive play. So roughly, without the fake, fake punt, South Carolina has about 200 yards of offense against Florida, and they and they score six points, get give up 38. Um, but this past weekend, this past Saturday. Uh, South Carolina hangs 606 yards of offense on the Vols' defense. I hate to keep bringing them up, but according 
to our friend Tony Basilio. It was a senior analyst for South Carolina's offense that came up with their game plan against Tennessee. and Which is just to cut – I mean, the game plan looks like just cut Spencer Rattler loose. I mean, you know. Throw the deep ball. That that offensive senior offensive analyst is one Freddie Kitchens. Freddie Kitchens? You mean the the big the big hefty Freddie Kitchens uh, quarterback he, at Alabama? He finally got a win against Tennessee. There you go. And I remember I remember having the, having to defend Freddie's weight problem all those years that he <laughs> that he played for played for Alabama. A lot of Tennessee fans were making fun of Freddie about his about his you know his his weight deal. So, he was always an inspiration for an inspiring quarterback as a kid. Yes. There because, you go. Yeah, I mean, Freddie in high school could throw the football. He could throw it in college. Oh, he had an arm. It was unbelievable. Well, the 9-2 Vols, um, they got to regather. Regroup. They lost their starting quarterback. Kenan Hooker's done. Torn ACL. Uh, so in steps Milton the third. Milton the toaster. <laughs> um, and they are likely, you know, well, I mean, I don't know, guys. What about the Vandy game? I mean, I, I, it, with Milton in there, with Vanderbilt, with the way Tennessee's defense looked. What's the line today? I'm pulling. Game? I'm pulling it up as we see. Um, I mean, my, the the right guy, the right kid, Mike Wright for Vanderbilt threw like three touchdowns and ran for one. I right. think against uh, Florida. Against Florida, and we're going to talk about them here in just a minute. And South Carolina beat Vandy early in the year, thirty-eight to twenty-seven. So I, you know, I'm just saying, you know, what happens if the Vols lay an egg against Vanderbilt? Well, you saw what happened to Ole Miss after their playoff hopes and SEC title hopes went out the window. They got Arkansas. hammered against uh, Arkansas this weekend. Now, they were they were never even in the ball game. It was 42 to six at one point. Tennessee is a 14 point favorite. That's seven less points than what they were favored over South Carolina. And Vandy's record is what now? They're five and six. They five and they're six. five and six, trying to become bowl eligible. They actually have more to play for now than Tennessee does coming into this game. And who would have ever thought that before Saturday? If ten- who would ever thought the line was 14 points? Only 14 points. If Tennessee can pull off the victory against. Vanderbilt at home in Knoxville. No, it's in. It's at Nashville. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Remember, they're, they're, they're planning on checkerboarding the field, the sections in Nashville. Oh, they're planning on checkerboarding at Vanderbilt, at Vanderbilt. Dudley Field. Yeah, I'm telling. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay, so uh, if they can pull up, they're likely in line for a New Year's Six Bowl. I would say. I mean, at nine and two, they're probably gonna. You know, they're gonna Citrus Bowl because they're saying what they're saying right now. If things end up the way they think. LSU to the Sugar Bowl, Alabama to play Clemson in the Orange Bowl, and that would put Tennessee in the Citrus Bowl. Now, if they lose that game, who knows what happens? It could be the Peach Bowl. Mm. Okay. Well, anyway, Vol fans, the world's not coming to an end. Uh, They've had a good year. Yeah. Is tickets available for that game? Uh, It's a sellout, but if you need tickets, you can get on Facebook and find plenty. Yeah. I think the bridge police on Bridgewatch are being called off at dark tonight around the state of Tennessee uh, for anybody, any jumpers out there. So, you know, just don't do it. You know what I mean? Don't do it. it. Life's going to, life's going to go on. The sun rose, the sun rose Sunday morning. It rose this morning. It's going to rise every morning that you're still alive. And uh, the question I got for you guys is Tennessee back. 
you think you think they get through this season that they play Vandy and win that I game? Think getting the I think game? they're getting. I think they're they're getting better. I, I think they're. Yeah. I think they're. Yeah. yeah, I think they're getting better. They're getting better. Back to what? Back back to national title contention right. every year. That's what I'm talking about. Well, you know what you you, you got to do two things if you're Tennessee and you want to be a national title t- contender. You got to beat teams like Florida and Georgia in your division the same year. Yep. I mean, that's what you got to do. And you got to go to the SEC championship game. Yep. You got to put yourself in a position to play for a national title. And until you win that, until you qualify to play in the SEC championship game and win the SEC championship game, then you're not a contender. No. I mean, that's, that's the way I look at it. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'll tell you what, some winners and losers from college football this past weekend you got to give it to TCU. They trailed 28-20 late in the fourth quarter with about a little over two minutes to go. Six minutes, when, to, six minutes to go, they were down eight. Right. They scored a touchdown with about two minutes to go, 2.07 to go, yeah, and, missed, and missed the two-point conversion. Um, and then they had three timeouts, so uh, Baylor got the ball back and TCU defense stopped them with three timeouts. TCU gets the ball back and drives down the field and gets in position to kick a field goal. And they're out of timeouts, and on third and like seven, I think it was third and seven or third and nine, with 20-something seconds on the clock, they run the darn football instead of throwing it. And, I mean, I'm thinking, and the clock's running, and the they're kicking team, yep. here comes the kicking, the kicking team. The offense running off the field, and the kicking team members are coming on the field and I mean they line it up for a 40 yard field goal and that Kale kid the kicker just sits right down the middle it was incredible but you know when they are transparent and taking their offense off the field kicking team comes on the field that's a what you call trading players and can get chaotic and I I mean yeah but all Baylor had to do was start sending guys off the referee would stood in there because they get to uh do their transfer of their players too and the clock would run out but they opted not that it went so fast they didn't do that is you know, that right so and, and it's not and it's if, not if a clock offense st- is, if offense is substituting which they are substituting at that point there clock's running the defense all they had to do is stood up and start walking towards the sideline referee come in and stopped it. they get their substitution in there and the clock does not stop it does not stop Wow. Okay. Well, congratulations to TCU. They're still holding serve. They're undefeated. And they will probably remain at number four until this coming weekend when Ohio State and Michigan play each other. Um, another big winner from the weekend is USC. USC held on to a 48-45 victory over, over Crosstown rival USA, UCLA. UCLA had 649 yards of offense. Caleb Williams – their quarterback, who followed their coach Lincoln Riley from Oklahoma out to USC, Caleb Williams threw for 470 yards. Uh, he threw for two touchdowns and ran for a touchdown. A classic interview after the game. It was a fun game. I watched all of it. The sideline reporter comes up to him and first thing up to she asks, up to the quarterback from USC. Uh, what's Caleb, Caleb Caleb Williams yeah, comes up. First thing she asks him, she said. Caleb, the former night that puts you in the running for the Heisman, he smiled on his face. He said, ma'am, I'm not worried about the Heisman. We're having fun. And so I thought that was real classy. He wasn't go. worried about the Heisman. Well, they the USC hosts Notre Dame. Saturday. Next. So, uh, and then they've got the Pac-12 title game. Correct. 
On top of that. Against who? Probably Oregon, I would imagine, I would since they beat Utah, right? Yeah, I beat those two. Okay. Um, let's see. Kansas State went to West Virginia and won 48-31, 8-3 and Kansas State. So uh, Kansas State is going to play TCU. Uh, they play Kansas next for, to end the season. And then if, they, if Kansas State beats Kansas, then they'll play TCU in the Big 12 uh, championship game, and that makes it to be a heck of a ball game. It is. Who does TCU um, have this week? You know, I'm not sure who TCU plays. I know I don't. I'm not. I'm not sure who they have this week. Um, Vanderbilt. What about the Doors? I mean, we got to. You know, we've talked a lot about Tennessee in this in this on this program today, but the Vols anchored down, baby. I mean, let's show your gold. Uh, they've got an SEC winning streak going right now. They're five and six, and if they like we said, if they beat the Vols on Saturday, they're bowling. They're bowling. They're going bowling. And uh, there's, um, they beat Florida thirty-one twenty-four. Uh, the the Gators outgained Vanderbilt, but uh, Vanderbilt capitalized on two costly turnovers by the Gators. The Gators muffed a punt. Uh, in the end zone, and Vanderbilt fell on it, uh, which is one touchdown. Um, but uh, Mike Wright, Vanderbilt quarterback, threw three TD passes. So it's not like Vanderbilt is anemic on offense as in the past, where they only they basically leaned on their defense so much. Probably leaned on their defense more to score than their offense. But uh, it's not like they're anemic on uh, on offense with Mike Wright. He, like I said, threw three. Three touchdown passes on Saturday. They've got back-to-back SEC victories. Um, and that's the first time since 2018 they've won two SEC victories in a row, or, or two games in a row. TCU host Iowa State, by the way. Iowa State, which, you They're know. Not bad. They're not bad. Iowa, Iowa State is not bad at all. Okay, Texas. Uh Bijan Robinson, the running back for Texas, ran for 243 yards uh, and four TDs versus Kansas. So, uh, I mean, and I, I know it's Kansas. I know Kansas is a basketball school. I get, I get all that. But 243 yards, Coach, is a lot of darn yards. Impressive. I mean, I, it's impressive, I'm telling you. I don't know if I could run. I don't know if I could start running and, and run 243 yards consecutively without having to take a break. So, you know. Uh, let's see another winner from this weekend: the James Madison Dukes versus Georgia State. The Dukes are seven and three. They had a huge comeback, Clayton. Um, they were down twenty points at halftime, thirty-four to fourteen, and they stormed back and took the lead with a minute and forty-five to go in the third quarter. Wow! I tell you what, they, they came back twenty-one points in. They scored twenty-one points before the third quarter was even done. This is their first year in Division One football, so they're not bowl eligible. They have to wait two years. But what Kurt Signetti has done up there is just incredible. They've always been a good Division One AA school. But uh, Kurt Signetti, for those uh, who may f- be familiar with Alabama football, he was the former receivers coach. He actually recruited this area. He recruited some players from Columbia Central. He ended up getting Dante Hightower out of Lewisburg to commit to Alabama. Okay. He has done an outstanding job. For the Dukes. For the Dukes. He there you go. Really good. Well, good luck to the James Madison Dukes. I, I, like you said, they're not going to be bowl eligible this year, but they have, they've had one hell of a season. Yes, and, they have. and congratulations. Uh, now, losers, uh, we've already talked about the balls. I mean, we, you know, 
I'm not going to beat that dead horse anymore. So um, North Carolina played themselves out of a playoff contention. They were 21-point favorites against Georgia Tech, who our buddy Donnell Smith's son. Dante Smith, yeah. Dante, Dante from uh, – Spring, uh, Spring Hill. Hill is is the running back. He had a touchdown. He had a touchdown Saturday. Uh, they were North Carolina. The high powered offense of North Carolina ended up scoring seventeen points against Georgia Tech on Saturday and got beat twenty one seventeen. And Georgia Tech, that's with an interim head coach. Their head coach has been fired, and that's with them rotating their thir- rotating. Their third and fourth string quarterbacks in and out of the, that ball game, and they beat North Carolina. There was a twenty-one point favorite. Upset. I mean, that, I mean it upset. I mean, it's crazy. Imagine, and we said, imagine for you gamblers out there. Imagine if you parlayed money line Georgia Tech with money line South Carolina. I you'd have probably gotten I don't know one hundred to one odds on a two team. Parlay. On a two-team parlay. But I mean, it was this. You parlay North Carolina and Tennessee. <laughs> you get nothing. <laughs> that, you got that right. You got a loss. Absolutely right. Ole Miss is another loser from the weekend. I mean, they got beat 42 to 27. I'm I'm pretty sure that was 40, That's correct. And it was 42 to 6 at one point. Yeah. Against Arkansas. Yes, they were at half. It was 35 to 6. And in the fourth quarter, at some point, it was forty-two to six. It was. I watched, and that, that was game. Lane Kiffin, and you know, high-powered offense, blah blah blah, from Ole Miss. And you and, you, and I, watching the game, you looked at Ole Miss body language. They 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 never come off the bus. They was flat. Well, and, and it goes back to them playing. not having anything to play for after the loss to Alabama. Their chance of going to the SEC championship game or to the playoffs, they were out the window. So again. Careful, careful, Tennessee. Heifel, we'll find out how good of a coach he is this week if he can get them back up for this game. On well, he's got to, well, he's got to pull them back together if all this if all this fighting and infighting is going on, like he like he said between players. I mean that that this is what happens when you pay these guys. Yeah, they think they're you know yeah. they, they they don't have to be anybody. So, somebody told that kid you got two regular season games left. <laughs> Then you have the playoffs. You're not going to probably play in the NFL. You need to get your money now. There you and, go. And you start playing them, and they think, you know what? I'm, I'm not. I'm, I don't depend on these guys right here. I'm, I'm my own. I'm my own player. You know, especially in college. You think you're good enough to get paid in college, then you obviously think you're going good enough to get paid in the pros, which that might not be true. If you don't believe that, number five for Tennessee, defensive back for Tennessee that stood over there and talked. Crap to the sideline for the whole second half. That, that that was also brought up a lot by Vol Nation on Saturday night. Was just quit running your mouth. You're getting burned play after play after. I mean, play. what's the point? Yeah, you know Tennessee. I, you know Tennessee. I'm I'm just telling you the whole kind of culture of this cockiness in this from the baseball program to the basketball program when you're winning baseball program when you're winning. You know this 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 this. Kind of kiss my rear end type attitude, and I know I know Tennessee fans probably love it and, and revel in it, but you know what? It's not a good look. I'm just I'm telling you, it's not a good look. Your baseball team had a guy that was giving the finger to an opposing player while running bases. I mean, I mean, you can't do that. Well, you know, in Tennessee you can, and I guess they give him a pass. But you know what? Uh, 
when things like this happen to you, when things like what happened Saturday night happen to you, um, karma, you know, it is well, it begins with a B and ends with an H. It does. Um, you know, um, but anyway, we're approaching our second break and uh we got some nfl to talk about got a little world cup i'm gonna throw in there at you we're gonna talk about it this is the front porch sports radio hour i am drake with clayton the claw and coach james and uh we'll be back in a couple of minutes and i've got an eight ball pick for monday night football so just to see what happens Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can always count on us for a great selection of late model, low mileage, one owner vehicles. All have been thoroughly inspected and are ready to go. You can even save time and buy online with our online shopping tool. Looking to sell your vehicle? Great news! We're paying top dollar for your trade. All makes, all models, and in any condition. Trade in and trade up today. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can count on us. I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. We have advertised with WKRM and WKOM for the past several years and found it to be very successful. I highly recommend advertising with them if you have a local business like ours. We're located at 1608 Hatcher Lane here in Columbia. We're open Monday through Friday from 8 to 6 and Saturdays from 8 to 2. Stop by Holland's for all your prescription needs where we have fast, friendly, courteous service. We custom fit support hosts for you also. Thanks for supporting Holland's and WKRM and WKOM. Serving Murray County for 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has provided the highest quality jewelry at the very best prices. They work hard to make their customers happy, and it's paid off. Their customers keep going back. Quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. We offer jewelry loans up to $4,500, and we will buy your gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still the same. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at 10pin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. In today's uncertain world, you can never be too careful about your family's financial future. That's why the Parker Group, a part of Baird's Private Wealth Management, is offering a free second opinion on your financial plans. Let us review your current plan, and we will identify any gaps and offer suggestions to improve it. Please call the Parker Group at 931-548-3737. That's 931-548-3737. Robert W. Baird and Company Incorporated does not offer tax or legal advice. Hey, this is Lewis Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in Middle Tennessee, 101.7 FM, WKOM, Columbia. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. 
Welcome back to the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour. I am Drake, joined in the studio by Coach James and the Claw, Clayton Harris. Uh, we were just going over, before the break, we were just going over some college big-time losers over the weekend. Um, North Carolina and Ole Miss took a took a beating from some couple of teams that they – or I guess the way they took it, they shouldn't have taken the – Shouldn't have taken a beating. Another team, Michigan State at home against Indiana. Now, now let me let me let me clue you all in on what's going on with that. Michigan State lost in double overtime to Indiana. I don't have the score written down, but I'm pretty sure it was like 38-31. And they lost to an, a team, Indiana, that was had a seven-game losing streak going into this ball game. Um, and also the last two games, Indiana has been outscored a hundred and one to Indiana's twenty-eight points. So that's an average of fifty to fourteen. And Mel Tucker, the head coach of Michigan State, and the Michigan State uh, Spartans took it on the chin from Indiana. I mean, you, losses like that will get your butt fired. I mean, really? I'd bring him back. I take him back. Mel Tucker used to be the defense coordinator at Alabama. Come on I'm back. A, I'm with you. I, Come on I, back. I get it, and and I think he's a good coach. But I'm just saying, it's been. I, a, and then you had the incident with Michigan players. Uh, the 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 four guys beat up a Michigan player in the tunnel after the game. And you know, I'm, I'm not. I don't know, guys. Doesn't look good. They had another issue in that tunnel this weekend. Did they really? Yeah. Seriously. Seriously. Yeah, I know they got beat by Indiana. That's an issue of itself. Good Lord. Okay, the World Cup soccer, which I'm not a huge fan of, but we are a sports to, uh, sports show, and we will report on that. Um, today, the United States is playing Wales, um, and on 11-25, which is – what I, I can't – is that Friday, 11-25? Yes. Friday, uh, the United States will play England. Okay, what time is that game? I'm not. I, don't, I just have the days. Right. Where where is this? By the way, where is the World Cup? Do we know? Well, it's it's being held in Qatar, but aren't they all different? Are they different locations? Or are they all, are all the games played? You're right. I think it is in Qatar. It's yeah. in, it's in it Qatar. Is Qatar. Yeah, okay. brand new facility there, and the game started already. It's, it's active right now. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, um, and then uh, the third game they play Iran. There you oh, go. Ooh, the United yeah. States and Iran will will t- will will. Face it off on uh, eleven twenty nine. United States got a real good chance getting out of that that little division they're in right now. Um, now uh, there are some. I, I was reading where there's some there's some group there's some betting going on. You, you can obviously bet on the World Cup, and I'm you know I'm sure the betting sites. I have I haven't placed a bet on the World World Cup. Um, and I was looking at some of the people that know a lot more about it than I do. Um, and their first tip loss, Senegal, I, I think, got beat by the Netherlands today, earlier today. Uh, Senegal was a plus 425 to win that whole group. And I guess you can bet on the single matches, and then you can also bet on them winning their group of, of, of whatever. But anyway, uh, I will uh, give you guys what what I learned from it. Um, These guys that were tipping, uh, talking about good bets in the World Cup, 
Denmark plus 275 over France. Um, Denmark has already beaten France twice this year. Um, uh, Germany plus 110 in Group E uh, to win Group E, and Germany's a monster. You know, they've have Germany has four players uh, rated in Yahoo Sports top 30 in the whole tournament, and Germany has four players in the top 30. So that's pretty, pretty, pretty good players on on that team for sure. Uruguay, Uruguay or Uruguay, 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 uh, over Portugal in Group H, and Croatia to win Group F uh, over over the favorite Belgium, and Croatia is plus two twenty five. So just to throw it out there again, Denmark, Germany, Uruguay, Uruguay. And Croatia uh, in the World Cup, and good luck to the United States. I, you know, I'm not I'm not a big fan of FIFA. I'm not a big fan of the uh, uh, Olympics. Uh, the people that run the Olympics, I think it's all very corrupt, and I think it's, uh, you know, it's all about the money for those people. Absolutely. And um, you know, don't 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 urinate on my boots and tell me that it's raining. Uh, when you try to act like certain cities and certain countries actually have a chance, uh, when it gets down to awarding uh, hosting sites for these types of tournaments and and the Olympics, because they don't, unless unless the only chance the only chance is based on how much money they're going to pay these uh, governing uh, associations that run FIFA and run the Olympics. I and, mean, it's and, it's corrupt. And, and, it's, it's, speaking of human rights, I mean, Qatar, really? I mean, come on. No, it's it. You know, it's terrible. Uh, you know, I, I you know I just don't know what to say. I, I Qatar and uh, Saudi Arabia and these countries that just treat women like they're dirt, and uh, you know, and, they'll, and, they'll, and, they'll stone you. And, he's got, and supposedly now this this tremendous soccer stadium that was built in Qatar was built by these just indigent people that were shipped in and bussed in from wherever, and multitudes of them died during the uh, construction of this of, of this uh, structure. And it's just you know it's just a very very you know why why Qatar Qatar is this little tiny island nation off the coast of africa i believe somewhere like that and it's i mean it, it's really a nothing and 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 you know why you know why they got it because they paid fifa the most money absolutely it's, it's not because it's easy to get to it's not because it can it can propel soccer the world cup up to this next level and put it on a pedestal it went to the highest bidder it went to the highest bidder and for and for and for FIFA people to say, okay, well, we've got Qatar in the running. We've got, uh, let's say, Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia in the running. We've got Brazil in the running, and we've got so the United States in the running. Well, you know what? You know, that just that just tells those that just tells those four countries they're left in the running. They better get their checkbooks out, yeah. and they better and they better pay up if they want any shot at hosting. Uh, hosting this World Cup, and all that money's coming from where? Well, I mean, all that all the Qatar money is is oil all the money. Qatar money is, is oil. oil. Yeah, That's oil, That's absolutely, oil. Yeah. absolutely. The, rich the, gets richer. There you go. Um, so, 
I mean, I, I just, I'm not a big fan. And the same, and the same system is with the Olympics. Correct. The exact Correct. same thing is set up with the Olympics. It goes to the highest bidder. That's why I went to Beijing it's, last time. Yep. There you go. It's not, it's not about the best place, you know, that promotes the Olympics or, or for, for fans to get to, easiest to get to. It's just about the money. And that's all they care about. So I'm just not a big fan of it. So anyway, uh, we've got a few minutes left here in the, uh, we ain't talked in the NFL hardly. We really haven't talked in the NFL. And I, and he talked about the big game Saturday in Tuscaloosa, Auburn versus Alabama. Yeah. You got the iron bowl this weekend. Yeah. You, you got football on Thanksgiving, which is going to be fantastic. There's some good NFL games. You got the egg bowl. That will also be played on Thanksgiving Day between Mississippi State well, and Ole Miss. I'll tell you what, though. I'll tell you what these Tennessee fans are interested in, and that is where Tennessee ended up in that new AP Top top 25 poll. Uh, number one is Georgia. Number two is Ohio State. Number three is Michigan. Number four is TCU. Number five is USC, Southern Cal. Number six is LSU. Number seven is Clemson. Number eight is Alabama. And number nine is the Vols. Uh, so they the Vols slid down from five to um, five to nine, and number ten is Oregon. So there's your there's your new top uh, AP top twenty five. Sorry to you, Vol fans. I know it, it's tough to deal with, but life will go on, and um, you know the sun will shine for many days to come. And, and, and if you want to try to turn this into a positive. At least what you can do now is going forward for the rest of this year, your final two games that you're going to have against Vanderbilt and whoever you play in a bowl game, it's going to give Joe Milton the opportunity to get meaningful reps in real game situations, not coming in when they're up 30 or 40 points, but in games where he's going to have to battle, which will help him going into next season. Uh, Okay, Magic 8-Ball for tonight in the NFL Monday Night Football. Sam Fran at Arizona. Go with the under. Pretty sure Colt McCoy's going to start. That might have dropped a couple of points since they announced that. Under the total in the Monday Night Full is the Magic 8 Ball. Monday Night Football is that Magic 8 Ball pick. Thank you guys for joining us. This has been the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour. For Coach James, Clayton the Claw, I'm Drake. We're out, and we'll talk to you Thursday afternoon for. Oh, no way. See you next Monday. Happy Thanksgiving. Don't eat too much. Don't drink too much. Have a good time. And we will talk to you again in one week, Monday, 4 o'clock. See y'all.